Blog Talk Radio.
And welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. And today we are going to talk about the problem with fault finding. Now, um, before we get started, let's just introduce ourselves. I am Arlene Cahet, and on the line is my beloved. Congratulations. Uh, on the line is my beloved. Congratulations. King Andre Teasdale. <laughs> you on the line, hon? Peace and blessings, family. Yes, I am here, and I am so excited because it, I am with you. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Sorry. Having a little bit of technical difficulty here in the background. Um, So, but before we get started, family, what we're going to do is get ourselves prayed in. And this prayer is the Anakabokoa prayer. It is a Kabbalistic prayer that that facilitates miracles, uh, physical healing. Uh, It changes the course of uh, people's uh, experience. Um, with bringing in um, better karma, and it also releases karma from other people. The person who's responsible for sharing this beautiful gift with us, this beautiful prayer, is Thomas Shalaw Walker. If you want to check him out, you can check him out on Facebook. Uh, Just let him know that you heard about the prayer, and uh, he may just pick you up as a friend request um, because of the show. Okay, so we will be right back. Your dance to our own 
production of to go la la production of to go la la that what they focus on 
you bring about, what you focus on, you accentuate. When you accentuate what you focus on, whatever that is, it's going to happen. It's going to be that which is going to permeate and dominate your thoughts. So if a person has faults, why bother looking at them? Do you want that as a part of your dominating thought? Because if you do, then that's what you're going to get. But if you go and do the opposite, to me, finding fault is a negative. But finding love is a positive. But if you're too busy finding fault, how can you find the love? You're going to be too busy occupying yourself with what you don't want. Occupy your time with what you do want. What you want is love. So find everything that you can about love and what you can love about that individual, what you can love about the experience. Anything that you can find that is pleasing, that is kind and sweet. Think on these things, and you'll be surprised what your relationship will turn to. It'll turn into a joy to where all you're doing is smiling, and people are going to wonder what you're drinking. I'm drinking love, baby. <laughs> okay, so this is this is not to say that uh, you don't talk about what your needs and requirements are uh, or okay so let me qualify this when I say needs I'm saying those things that are necessary in order to have your relationship be better and to be in a place where you are able to those things that you need in order to stay in the relationship Requirements, well, hopefully, if you've been in a relationship for a while, the person has actually made those requirements. Requirements are deal breakers, those things that are absolutely necessary, you know, that that if you found out about them within the first 10 days of knowing the person, that you could just simply say, you know, you know what, this this is a big deal for me. I I don't I know that I cannot be in a person in a relationship with a person who does X Y Z and whatever X Y Z can can be. Um, but what I will say about um, fault finding, um, none of us is perfect. Just you know, there isn't a perfect person who is walking the planet. So we we are subject to our idiosyncratic uh behaviors that uh, that you know that we all have and also that ultimately what all of us are really looking for is a sort of an unconditional acceptance just for who we are to to be comfortable in our own skin. 
And when you're a person who is constantly finding fault, um, who is not in a place of encouraging, what you will find that, that will happen is that you're in actuality whittling away at the very core of who that individual that you say that you love away. And so they get into a state of being, a state of being where they feel that they cannot share with you. They feel that they they cannot rely on you because you are constantly criticizing them. It 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 does a lot of damage to the psyche. And and here's the thing: if if you are a person who's critical, you you need to work on that and fix that because you're not going to be in a relationship or you will change the very nature of your relationship and change that person because those people, the, the person that you are finding fault with, will not be able to trust their own judgment. And the last thing you want to do is be in a relationship with a person who's a mere shell of who they used to be. Um, And I say this based off of my own experience, as well as, okay, so one of my, um, one of my few, uh, I guess you could say, habitual habits is actually watching uh, divorce court and it's really interesting to see the things that bring people into divorce court and one of the things that the judge always talks about especially when when the person says or one person says you know I, I can't do anything right with this person um and a lot of times, I think I, I did watch an episode today where the woman, the, the woman and the guy had been in a relationship for, I think, in total approximately 10 to 11 years. And because of the fact that, you know, they kept going in and out of relationship with each other, the woman was not able to focus in on any of the positive aspects of the relationship because she felt whittled down and the judge actually had to share that with the person with whom he, uh, with whom said that he was in love with this woman. And because of this ongoing cycle, like, all of the things that he had done to damage her. Now, mind you, he he had said that she was a trigger for him, that she seemed to have brought out, like, the very worst in him. And the woman herself had indicated that that she had, that the majority of his anger and angst um, about life seemed to be directed at her, and the only other person that 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 came up with 
was his mother um, and that she that he that was apparently he had some issues that she said that she felt stemmed from his childhood because she and his mother were the only two women that he she was aware of that he treated and behaved in this way with with finding fault with you know whenever she wanted to she wanted to she wanted to do a business he he even told her that the business idea was stupid um and i think that there was a point there where he really just i don't think he had ever really seen himself and i think that a lot of people who come on that show uh, really feel that they need a third party because when you're in that middle of that fray there of going back and forth with an argument, um, there is this this feeling of feeling of somebody needs to somebody from outside because you are not listening to me. Somebody from outside has to take a like a peripheral vision of our relationship based on what it is that we have to share and what we have to say and go ahead and and just uh, and just have somebody else tell us what's going on because we're so thick in it that we cannot do it ourselves so what happens what eventually happened i think that they did break up because the judge essentially told him that she's scared of you because of all of the whittling away that you've done at her. You know, you've you've done so much damage that she is she lives in fear of you, and and she had been of course the judge has been doing this for a number of years. You need to go away and fix yourself and work on yourself and address what it is that or what it is that's within you that's causing this so that you so that you can if she's still available go ahead and and come back to her when you've healed yourself with the woman she said that she could tell that she was almost as thin as paper that he had done so much damage to who she was and caused so much criticism because it it's almost how can I put this? It's almost the equivalent of being. It's it's almost the equivalent of being in relationship with a person who tells you that your way is not right. So so they stop listening to themselves. They stop listening to themselves. Their soul of how to go about guiding their life. Because here's the thing, when you are in relationship with a person, uh, they are still their own sovereign being. The, the You are your sovereign being, they are their sovereign being, and then the relationship in and of itself with these two whole people has, its, has, the, being, uh, has the being of its own. Like it has the relationship has its own energy, and the only only two people who are whole and complete and who are who are loving and accepting of each other with their frailties and flaws with their strengths um, you know with their strengths 
that is the foundation of bringing about a stronger relationship. Now, I know I've been long-winded. Honey, do you want to say anything? Yeah, I'll I'll run with this for a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me, family. Um, we all are in need of healing. There are no exceptions. I'm I'm going to say that again. We all are in need of healing. There are no exceptions. In the process of healing, you do not keep digging into the womb. Fault finding is digging into the womb. Fault finding is damaging. Fault finding breeds hostility, contempt. Fault finding lowers not only self-esteem, but it lowers all esteem. And that destroys the team called love. It's odd, but our very strength invites challenge. And everybody has some modicum of strength. Some people take that strength and misuse their strength to weaken another. But that's not what your strength is there for. Your strength is there to assist and aid someone else. So our very strength, true, invites challenge. But wisdom should guide you in whether and how you handle the challenge. Because challenge incites conflict. And when challenge incites conflict, You have to go into that place within yourself that is divine to identify what conflict resolution looks like. Because if you don't, you'll find that that conflict will breed catastrophe. And everything that you had once seen in this person that you admired, you're you're destroying it. You're tearing it down. And you have to remember the things that brought you together were the things that you found beautiful. But this is the thing that you always should remember. A thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. A thing is beautiful because you say it is. So when you're in the mindset and the consciousness of fault-finding, You're no longer saying it's beautiful. You're saying something else. You're bringing damaging winds and a a condition that can cause a storm to brew. And you may have no idea whether this storm is just a passing storm, if it's hail, or a tornado that can tear your life apart. So finding fault never solves any problems. The key is to identify 
what adds and aids to building and restoring and developing the growth and the beauty that you desire to see and you desire to achieve. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have so, my home maybe love also, so when the time comes, I'll be uh, more than well. Well, why don't you share it with us now? Home. Okay. 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 Do you want to do right. it near the end? I can do it now. Yeah, okay. There's a poem. Oh, okay. There's Go ahead and poem. do it now. Um, from a, a book entitled Extraordinary Epiphanies of a King, written by yours truly. Oh, thank you, thank you. And the poem is called <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Love. And here it goes. Maybe love is a ghost that is selective at most as to where and who she hangs out with. Maybe if we are not found to have the appropriate character for love to accept us, then maybe it is we who are unable to attain to greater levels with love. Maybe it is we who are not found to be as receptive as we ought to be when love does call. Maybe, just maybe, forgiveness is a place more than merely a thing we do. Maybe forgiveness is the place love loves most to be. Can you stay in the place called forgiveness? Or is it you who is always leaving? Maybe it is love that finds that it is you who is always leaving the place she loves most and then finds you are the deserter. How can we be free in freedom without love? If only love could dominate all things, I mean real love, then wouldn't all things be beautiful? Because then it couldn't be anything else but beauty and love. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. So one of the things that, um, you know, that uh, King has already touched upon is that oftentimes, okay, so here, before I even go down that road, here seems to be an idea of people who find fault. They say the person that says that they are... um, that finds the fault says that, well, I'm trying to help this person. (laughs) I'm trying to help them to be a better them. Now, here's the thing, you know, 
one of the things that I've just learned over the years is that the only way for a person to really change is for them to have the desire to change. And if anything, um, when a person goes into, if you are in relationship with a person who you feel needs to change, if you cannot really accept them for as they are, it's just better to leave that person alone. Um, and if that person is desiring to change, then you can do activities that are able to help to facilitate the change or actually go into a prayer state so that you can pray and be in agreement and have spirit go about making the changes that that individual needs to make um, with the within the with whatever it is that they're doing or within relationship but you know being yourself is a full-time job the only person that you can really have um do i guess you could say physical activity uh in order to improve or spiritual practices in order to improve is yourself the only thing that you can do is pray and be in agreement with the other person or do activities that would facilitate the change if the person is actually desiring to make the change. Um, and when people, when I, it often I find it amusing sometimes when I've heard people say, well, you know, I only said that so that she could be better. Um, but in actuality, you know, that type of action where you are criticizing the person that you're involved with um, or even a child, uh, it, it doesn't seem to matter who it, who or what it is. Um, but when you do that, you are just whittling away at that the sovereignness of that being that you are criticizing and you will not bring about the bring about any change within the individual if if anything king had also mentioned a little bit earlier is to focus in on those things about the individual that you love and appreciate and whatever you whatever you focus in on actually grows when you focus in on it. So if you feel that a person is um, intelligent and you are praising the intelligence, or if the person is a great cook and you praise the cooking, or if the person is very works well with your children and she's a great she or he is a great parent if you bring attention to bring just love and appreciation um to what it is that you actually admire about in a person if you do that not only in your personal relationships you know with a person that you're that you're intimately involved but even in social situations you it it happens with such rarity that you you actually you will actually see the people within your environment 
soften to to actually knowing that that somebody actually admires them because you know all of us I think you know have have that that negative that 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 negative voice or that that voice that is critical to that voice that's critical to our our own selves that and and this is the reason why I say that it, it this is another reason why finding fault with other people is not a, a a good practice because for the most part we as individuals tend to be our toughest critics we're already there talking negatively to ourselves or at least feeling that we need to improve, that we need to strive, that we need to be better. There is already an aspect of ourselves that's already working in in that in that space. So we don't need any outside voices telling us telling us that, you know, that we you know, that that how we're how we're living, how we're being, how we're doing, um is wrong or is bad or and i'm not talking about you know about relations with each other but just how we're operating in the world when we engage with how we're how we're doing our job or those things that like i said none of us is perfect but you don't really need that additional negative voice <laughs> cuz we already have it have it going on for ourselves. But if you actually go ahead and put that into practice where you compliment people, you compliment people about things that, you know, that you're observing about them, but you never give voice to. I'd say it was approximately four to five weeks ago that a person uh, one of the people in um, the meditation community that I'm a part of, they facilitated, and they were asking me before the day before the actual meditation. They were asking, they wanted to bring in a practice by Tiknat Khan, where they there was a a place there, a particular practice where the individuals within the meditation would get the opportunity to speak from the heart and talk about what it is that they admire about the person. And when when I read that part of the spiritual practice that Thich Nhat Hanh had put together, I was like, this is a definite keeper. And the person that I was talking to, he was like, well, why do you, why do you say that? I was like, I was like, because people do not operate in this space. Just in general, we just don't. Where you are bringing more light into the world, where you are speaking in a loving and a compassionate way, um, and and bringing love into the situation, and, and and this is because this is not really how we engage with the world. And 
you know, I don't think that they fully, you know, fully comprehended what it is that I was picking up when I read the particular practice. Um, but when it was actually implemented the following day, that following Monday, I, the person that he had us all go in a circle and that, yeah, I, I, you know, after it was all said and done, there are things that I felt that could have been modified. But the person that I complimented, one of the things that I had observed about her was that she had an inner glow and an inner light and a sort of an inner love that 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 makes you or has this has you causes you to have this feeling to want to hug her, and she. She, you know, I don't think that she was fully aware of it, but she illuminated that, at least to me, all the time, every time, every single time that I've ever seen her. And she, I think that she, you know, when I said that to her, she, she kind of grabbed her heart. And I think she, I think she teared up just a little bit. Um when I did that, when you, when you find the beauty, when you find, and and this may not necessarily be something that's complimenting a person's looks, although, you know, if that's the only thing that you can find, then you can start there. But if there is something within their presence, within their being that, that you are seeing, and you bring attention to that in the workplace. And, you know, say for instance, the person is always a, that has a sense of great organization, and you know, just as an experiment, just to see how the world responds to you, you can just tell that individual that you've never probably shared this with them before. Just say to them. You know, I really admire how organized and together that you are and how you handle your projects and think you know, handle your projects. And you know, this you know, I know that I've never shared this with you, but this is something that I really I really appreciate about you. And just see what happens. Or if they you know, they're you know, there's a person walking down the street. Maybe they have a lightness and a levity to their walk. You could just say something like, you know, it, you know, wow, I, I can, I can see the lightness and levity in the way in your being. You know, I, you know. I hope that you have a great day and see how the world responds to you. Respond in love, respond in kindness, and see how the world responds instead of finding fault. Because I I can guarantee you that most people are finding fault with themselves. And, And having that come from a place of um, of finding the good, of finding the love, the appreciation, 
just go ahead and experiment and shift the energy from what it has been into a place where where we are expressing uh, love um, more readily than what is out there now so that we can ultimately change the vibration that's going on here on the planet. I think I'm finished with that. Anything you want to add, Hood? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, my dear. Um, I'm interested in how you address people who come into the experience of a relationship with the mindset of changing an individual um, or claiming that and seeking out their faults, they're aiming to make a person better. It's unfortunate, but it's true that people are sometimes unaware that they are operating in a space that confines an individual to limitations within the other individual's mind. To find a fault is to focus in on something and the concentration on that thing closes the door to all the beauty that's around it. When you focus on the beauty that's around it, you change the energy. You begin to speak in love. And people don't recognize that the shift in energy is a tricky little mechanism that few identify and or understand because oftentimes we hear that there's positive energy and there's negative energy when in actuality energy all started off as neutral when you think of the eye of the storm inside of the storm it's calm when you think of those who have scientific minds Think of an atom, and the balance of the atom has the positive and negative protons, electrons that balance the atom because of the nucleus, which is the center thereof. But the interesting aspect of this is that neutral energy is the most powerful 
because it can shift. It can change. It can choose sides or choose no sides. It has that right. It has that ability. And to be in a place to where if there's something that is about a person, especially once you've committed yourself to a relationship, that is a problem to you, if you focus on that, you're only causing problems in the relationship where when you're not focusing on that, you open the door and the confines are no longer there and you're able to see the beauty that's around that individual. You're able to see the beauty that exudes from the divinity that is within that individual. There's a a scripture that says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, of honor, of gratitude, let your mind dwell on these things. And I bring that in because when I look at the aspect of energy, neutrality is that place that allows energy to shift. So as you stay positive, the influence of the positivity that you kick into the equation allows the transference of anything negative to slide into that place of neutrality to where the influence of that which you're dwelling upon will manifest itself and transform the negative into something positive. So life should always be about renewal and restoration. If we speak love, then we are changing the energy of negativity and negative behavior because we are focusing on love. What I find interesting about the poem that I read, um, which can be found in my book, uh, Extraordinary Epiphanies of a King, which you can find on Amazon, that poem, Maybe Love, is a funny twist on fault-finding because... What happens in that poem? It turns things around so that you can see the other side of the equation. If you are not in the place of forgiveness, then how can you be also in the place of love? Because they're two different spaces. What to say? No evil can stand where you are when you are divine and you are 
in that place of positivity. Positive and negative energy cannot exist in the same place. As one uses a magnet and can clearly see that you can do all you so desire with that magnet having its polarity, you will not make that magnet attract its opposite in a way that it repels it. So we find oftentimes we don't see ourselves and we walk as though we have no faults when in actuality we are wearing our faults daily and oftentimes people who are fault finders have faults of their own that is so magnified within their own being that for them it's better to live a life of finding faults other places so that they don't have to deal with their own faults. But as I was saying earlier, we all are in need of healing. But healing comes through speaking love. And as you speak love and you live love and you wake up in that energy of love, love becomes you because it is love that has developed you to be the energy that you are now, which is that energy of life. But for you to make life the joy that it ought to be, you can't walk around as a cloud carrying rain and gloom and darkness and sadness and criticism. Not if you want joy. If you want joy in your life, you got to start walking around with joy, with sunshine with that positiveness that's going to make somebody else feel what you have and desire what you have. Because most relationships develop because there was something that you saw in somebody else that attracted you. Stay focused on that beauty, and you will see that magnify and transform everything into something worthy of the love that God has given you in the first place. So don't beat another person down just because you can. You'll end up finding out that was not the best choice. I've been in several relationships, and I am so grateful with the relationship in which I have now with my wife, Arlene. We we live a life of joy because we're not here to find fault with one another. If something occurs, being real, be real with that other person. Let them know where you are emotionally about that, but recognize that you are not here to make to let your actions to let your emotions guide your actions. You are not here to let your emotions guide your actions. Because when you do that, you are showing signs of weakness. What you're here to do is to allow 
your actions to guide your emotions. When you act in a matter of love, that's going to guide your emotions to love and to be love and to show love. And you'll find there's no need to find fault because who wants to be looking for fault in the first place? Think about it. Really? What kind of life is that? Oh, hold on now. I think I need to find me some fault. Mm. Better go downstairs. <laughs> you know, open up the refrigerator, see if there's any in here. Dang, I better look underneath the refrigerator. Maybe <laughs> some down there. Come on now. Get yourself together. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, baby. <laughs> So that, there's there's just one more thought that I would like to leave us with before we sign out. So here's a thought. One of the things that I think people should be mindful of. Now, this is not to say that people cannot go about the process of self-improving. However, you know, one of the things that I always find interesting about fault finding is that you were not the one that created the person, you know, um, that supposedly has a fault or has a frailty or a flaw, um, that drawing attention to or, you know, or criticizing uh, the individual or being that you believe has whatever the flaw is, that you weren't the one that created it in the first place, that perhaps within that individual, whatever it is that you perceive as a fault is actually something so that the individual will realize what their other strengths are. So why not bring attention to their strengths instead of their faults? Why not, why not operate differently than what you may have, um, what you may have done in the past? It's just a thought, just a thought, because you you were not their creator. The creator was their creator. It's just that you just happen to be a part of their experience. I'm, I'm complete. You have anything else to add, honey? Uh, I like I like what you just shared because it is it is so so amazing because people have to recognize that each and every one of us encounter another for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. There's over 4 billion people on this planet. Why is it that it is you who met this one here? It's only to edify the next one. And as you stay focused on the love, it will come to you exactly how to respond and how to behave. But we're living in a world 
that wants you to believe that you don't have a purpose or that somebody else is not worthy. That is a problem. And that causes confusion. We don't want none of that. I know I don't. So <laughs> I, thank you. I thank you for bringing that to the table because we all are divine beings. My wife and I, we often use the term namaste. And it's a Sanskrit term that means the God in me, the divinity within me, the life that I have been given. Because it's not like I can run out of here and go somewhere and just pull life up out of a, a empty space and say, okay, I'm going to take this. I got it in my hand, and I'm going to throw this at this door so it can become animated and and breathe and, and move and have its being. No, you ain't got it like that. Somebody gave that to you, and that's a gift. That's your present, the life that you have, and the life that you are sharing. So the divine in me honors the divine in you. And when we come to honor one another, because of that life force that's within another, you start to see a change in the world. You start to see a change in your relationship. Believe me, if you're having it hard, chances are it's because you're making it hard. Because life doesn't have to be hard. Life is all about love, if you allow it to be. I want some birds to sing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Two little birdies sitting on the fence. Oh, what's that one love? I'm hearing Bob Marley in the background. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling the breeze coming. Baby, is we in the tropics? <laughs> Ocean breeze coming at me. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I must have. I must have faded away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, baby. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Also. Okay, so family, we are going to go ahead and shut this down. Um, but I will be with you tomorrow. Um, at 8 o'clock, Healing Paradigms. And uh, what I'm going to talk about is you were made for this. Don't you know. And don't you know. (laughs) So we wish you love, peace, and blessings, family. And if you're able to make it, please tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our show. The call-in number is area code 646-688-2180 to join me tomorrow. Anything else you want to add before I... All I have to add is all the love I have. And all the love I have is because of all of you.
and my wife too. <laughs> I love you all, guys. For real, I do. We thank God for you. All right, peace, love, and blessing. And thank Namaste. God for you. Peace. Namaste, family. Namaste. know exactly what you're thinking I've had those thoughts a million times I can see the question that's behind your eyes Or you're searching for your peace of mind Now listen up to this truth You are me and I am you Every one of us is worthy Baby girl Worthy woman Every one of us is worthy I know your life, I felt your pain I know your joys and your shame Sometimes it feels like life walks over you Or like you're a penny on the ground But either on the ground or in your purse The smallest piece still holds its worth Every one of us is worthy Baby girl, worthy woman, every one of us is worthy. Baby girl, worthy woman, every one of us is worthy. Worthy of love, worthy of life, worthy of saying no when something don't feel right. This is a song for you, for all the ups and downs that life. We'll put you through So listen up to this truth You are me and I am you Every one of us is worthy Baby girl, worthy woman Every one of us is worthy Baby girl, worthy woman Every one of us is worthy Baby girl, worthy woman, every one.